Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome back to Today's Issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today uh, and the rest of this week. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson and now Steve Jordahl, news reporter for American Family News. I'm here. Hey, Steve, welcome. Good. Thank you. It's good to be here. Once again, another classic tie. Yes. I've made no secret of the fact that you have a great sense when it comes to a great fashion sense when it comes to ties. I thought we would avoid this kind of topic with Tim not being here, but apparently (laughs) not. (laughs) Yes, but at least I'm complimentary of your ties. He is kind of too. He's a little baffled by it. But um, yeah, Jerry Garcia tie. A little baffled by it. The Grateful Dead uh, lead singer, uh, for some reason, designed ties. Well, you know, you got to do something when you retire, you know. So, <laughs> designing ties and well, they're they're great. I've got a couple of them myself. Yeah, anyway, you know. folks aren't tuning in to listen to that, even though uh, helping you with your fashion is one of our goals, folks. You know, we do. We want to we want to be helpful like that. We want you to be a well-rounded listener in fashion. As you can tell, if you look in and look at us, Fred and I, we're we're fashion mavens, aren't we? Fred? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Steve, what have you got news-wise? Well, let's start here. You guys have been talking a little bit about Joe Biden and uh, his ability to stretch the truth, shall we say, a little bit. Um, He's driving his White House nuts. Reports yesterday, I saw that they're upset. We might have even talked about it on TI, that they're a little bit upset at – he's a little bit upset at them walking him back all the time and saying, well, he didn't really mean this. He meant the other. Well, they've taken a new tack now. They're not walking him back or not saying, well, this is what he really meant. Now they're just saying, oh, we didn't, we didn't hear him say that. Listen, I want you to, <laughs> this was at a, uh, a press conference yesterday when um, somebody, okay. So at the, at the uh, Delaware, or no, maybe at the U S Naval Academy, he did the graduation ceremony there the speech the commencement speech he told the graduates that he was a he had been extended a a commission or an invitation to attend the naval academy in annapolis doesn't quite jive with the dates that he was in college and everything um it it appears that he said that the the commission came the the same year he graduated from delaware state which you know, you don't attend. That is a college, so right. you don't attend it afterwards. So anyway, one of the reporters in the newsroom asked uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre about this. Well, you know, the dates just don't line up. Uh, what's going on? Uh, listen to Cut 13. Another thing I wanted to just clarify, something he said on Friday uh, during his address at the Naval Academy. The president was born in 1942, graduated from the University of Delaware in 1965. In his address, he said he was appointed to the Naval Academy in 1965. Was he? Was it in 1965? So I, I did not hear that part of the speech. uh, So I would have to. Okay, I did. I I missed. I no, I hear you. I hear you. I have not. I I need to read it myself and just go back and and see what you're talking about exactly. I, I can't speak to it right now. I, I'm the White House press guy. My job is to speak for the president. He was speaking at a major speech. I, I was watching the knitting channel at the time. Sorry, I didn't see that part. Yeah, she's, she's saying that she didn't hear the whole speech. She, yeah, it had been, by the way, this had not just happened. This had happened the day before. There's a lot of people that were wondering about this. Yes, she saw the, the quote. Maybe she didn't ask the president it, it, about it. But. Is she um, is she going to circle back? That's what Jen no, Psaki she doesn't circle. Do. 
She doesn't circle. She doesn't circle. That, back. As far as I know, I've not heard her say that. Well, she'll she circle. said she'll get back. She gets back. Yeah, she's she a Beatle fan. Yeah. She gets <laughs> gets back. So, uh, so when was this? Was yesterday that she was saying she didn't know uh, what the president had said? I do believe so. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, keep us updated because th- this this is going to go in the montage of uh, Trump uh, misspeaks, mis- Trump, Trump mis- misspeaks? misspeaking, uh, lying. Um, clouded See, I did this yesterday. I, I said Trump when I meant Biden. Did I just say Trump? Yes, you yes. did. I did? Well, it's catchy. <laughs> it's, it's catchy. Uh, Biden. This goes in the montage of Biden uh, uh, canards. Canards. Ooh. Lies. Good word. Yes. Good That's word. A, but to Steve's point, uh, Politico did a story over the last couple of days of a revolt that's going on inside the White House right now. Uh, there are a number of staffers le- leaving. Of course, we heard the story of Vice President Harris is losing almost all her staff. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there, there is there is deep concern <laughs> that their jobs are going to be short lived there anyway. Right, uh, and the president's in a bad mood. Apparently, he just can't understand why his numbers are so low. Right, uh, he can't understand that. Uh, he can't understand, and he apparently he really doesn't like it when he says something which is wrong, factually wrong, or whatever the case may be, and then somebody on oh, the White House staff comes along. I, I think it was the trip to Asia when he talked about what he was going to do to defend Taiwan. Right. And they had, well, he didn't really mean that over there. He didn't really mean what he exactly what he said. And, and so he's getting a little ticked. Uh, about uh, other White House staff going public with, well, here's what the president really meant. He didn't really mean what he said. That's probably uh, why they're starting with a line now that we just didn't hear it. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to walk you. We didn't walk it back, sir. Well, that that <laughs> would be interesting if that going forward, if that becomes the kind of go-to phrase. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't hear that. Yeah. I'll get back to you. Right. Yes. So no, there's trouble in the White House. The president can't understand why his. Poll numbers are now below Donald Trump, uh, and he's they're trying to come up with a plan. Uh, you know, one of them is uh, ultra MAGA. Yeah, uh, the Politico says that was Trump uh, Biden's idea. I just said just, uh, <laughs> uh, that was Biden's idea. It was, but, it, but it has but it has backfired. That when when he started using that phrase ultra MAGA. Donations to the former president and the attention went up. And he's people he's are proud of it. it. They're now wearing T-shirts. Ultra mega. Trump. Trump has grabbed and latched onto it. <laughs> well, I said that first. I don't think you're really going to upset Trump supporters by saying ultra mega. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people in this country want Mega Man back. Yes. <laughs> they, they really do. If it brings the price down at the pump <laughs> they and really at the do. grocery store and, and gives them more job opportunities. I, I think when he first mentioned it, I said, I wonder if this went through a focus group thing. It did. And it, According to the Washington Post, they worked on this for six months. Yes. Ultra MAGA? Ultra MAGA. Biden used the term ultra MAGA following six months of research, according okay. to the Washington Post. I'm just going to say something right now. That actually makes me feel really good. <laughs> That it took them six months to come up with an idea that they thought was really good. Yeah, folks, we may we may <laughs> it's ultra mega. We, we may we may be dealing with completely incompetent 
pol- political appointees in the White House. Oh yeah, this is this is a great feeling. <laughs> Ultra MAGA. Yeah, I saw that you showed me a picture the, of the a picture, T-shirt. T-shirt the Republicans with, are putting on with Trump. Uh, oh, listen, it's it's gonna it, it could be Trump's rallying cry all the way back to the White House. <laughs> Ultra a- MAGA. Well, things are not well at the White House as well. You live by the race card, you die by the race card. Politico reporting. Not race car. You're saying race, race card. card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you, well, yeah. Uh, here's the, the headline in uh, Politico uh, today. Biden sees exodus of black staffers and some frustration among those who remain. So uh, at least 21 black staffers have left the White House since late last year or are planning to leave soon. Some of those who remain, I'm reading this, says it's no wonder why they describe the work environment with little support from their superiors and few chances for promotion. They're calling it the Blacksit from the oh, White House. instead of Blex- uh, Brexit. Brexit or whatever. This is the White House. It's the most diverse White House in the history, they say. And we're all about equity. Except we're doing the same thing to the African-Americans on our staff that we're accusing everybody else of that's so bad, apparently. I, I have just, a feeling— You're just a figurehead. You can't actually advance. Well, I have a feeling that a lot of people of all genders and races and everything are leaving this White House. because It feels a little bit, I, I must, like a sinking ship. But because they are the Democrat Party, now we have to talk about race. Yeah. Well, uh, listen— um, the, the, this this administration and the entire uh, Democratic Party, they they have some real problems. Uh, and, and listen, we've we've tried to make this comment that uh, that no uh, downturn is ever permanent, no victory is ever permanent. I can remember distinctly remember when George W. Bush was reelected in two thousand four. A uh, well known Republican uh, leader said. Uh, and now comes the revolution, mm-hmm. and there were all there was all kinds of discussions about the death of the Democratic Party. That's when they had that big uh, autopsy report. What's wrong with the Democratic Party? And I, I actually wrote an article for the AFA Journal saying uh, this is premature. You should never, you know, expect that you're going to. This is a permanent victory. And four years later, Barack Obama was elected, reelected. And now people are talking about the de- and I'm talking talking about the troubles the Democratic Party uh, is that that party is in, um, and they are because they they have a split personality. Yeah. You have old school liberals and you have these radical leftists who are demanding even more. So they in the short term over the next four or five years they're in big trouble. But yeah. well, the Biden it- administration is clearly. In a sinking ship. I remember the same thing about the, the Democrats being counted out. And, of course, when Barack Obama was elected, I remember stories about the Republican Party being dead. Yes, And never, right. never going to rise. So it, it happens on both sides. Well, and, and, and the thing is, the American people are not all one thing. So they're going to they're gonna go back and forth like a pendulum. And sometimes they're going to think this is more important. But, but the, the problems in, in our country, Fred, are so dramatic we have, we haven't even talked about the border in a while, mm. but that is that is a, a catastrophe. You talk about foreign policy issues. Uh, there are a lot of foreign policy experts who said who have said that if Trump was still in office, um, Putin wouldn't have dared yep. to invade. Mm. He, in fact, he invaded Georgia and took Crimea, 
all right, under a Democrat, under Barack Obama. Yes. So 2008, I think, and then 2014, he took Crimea, did nothing mm -hmm. during the four years Trump was in office. Trump is out of office. Biden is in. And Putin ramps up the uh, troops on the border and actually goes in. So there are all sorts of problems with this Biden administration, and the Democratic Party is hooked to that administration. Well, one consistent problem that you see, and this goes back to Jimmy Carter days, it's always the economy. The economy tanks. Uh, we have widespread inflation. Uh, back with Jimmy Carter days, it was interest rates, remember, 17%, 18% oh, interest rates. It was awful. It was gas prices. Regardless, uh, and you say, you know, uh, we know what's going on at the border. The mainstream media doesn't want to talk about it. But when you look at the recent polls, regardless of what party people are affiliating themselves with, um, it is gas prices. It is grocery prices. It is the shortage of baby formula. Yeah. All of those things are what people are talking about. There was a, a guy... Uh, on Fox and Friends this morning. He's visiting California, just filled up his van. He said it cost me $140. <laughs> He's putting it on social media, the the bill that came out, 140 bucks. He's visiting from Florida. Why you'd want to leave Florida and go to California on vacation, <laughs> I don't know. But but here's the th that's what people are talking about. And Joe Biden calls it, it's a transition we're going through. If he thinks... The American people are like Europeans who, for the most part, have accepted socialism and big government. Right. This country has not. It has not. Right. You have sectors of the society that accept more government in your life. But for the most part, they want government out of their life. And right now, justifiably so, Joe Biden is being blamed for the prices that people are paying for gas, for their groceries going up, all of that sort of thing. And... Unless the Democratic can turn this thing around, they're in trouble this fall. Well, Steve, it's one thing for people to, as Fred's saying, theoretically accept socialism. The AOC crowd, okay, that they follow, you know, her her you know cries for socialism. It's one thing for them to be theoretical in the theoretical realm mm -hmm. when they're discussing it. It's another thing to watch their own lives financially crater because of. Radical left-wing policy. Well, AOC's life isn't cratering. The, right. the elites no. are, are yes. fine. You know, if I wanted to make a lot of money, and I don't because I'm more spiritual at that, of course. Yes. But if I wanted to make a lot of money, I would start a car company and offer a whole line of gas-powered cars. And I'd advertise them. And people would buy them because I have a feeling most people think, well, this EV thing is kind of fun, but I miss, you know. Electric vehicles. Electric, yeah. Um, I would. I think they'd sell like hotcakes, you know. From if they the, could get from chips. the economy cart, <laughs> if they could get computer chips, in right? <laughs> from the from the economy version all the way up through the muscle car. I don't yeah. know. Just just a thought. All right. What else you got? All right. Uh, let's, By the way, if you wanted to be a, if you wanted to make a lot of money, yeah, I don't. You, but yes, you you you'd you'd be a uh, lifeguard. In California? <laughs> in California, I would be a lifeguard if I wanted to make a lot of money. Some of them making $500,000. $500,000 a year? Yeah. 
I'd go up against a great white in the in the wild. For I that. like what you said this morning in our story meeting. You <laughs> said if if I actually had a chance to make five hundred thousand dollars as a lifeguard, I'd actually start working out. I, I and, might even yeah. exercise for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's what else you got story wise? Right. Uh, well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk gun control. Uh, as we know, because the uh, um, the shooting, the the topic has been. What do we do about guns? That's what the left is saying. And in fact, the Democrats have introduced no less than eight different bills in Congress to limit or do away with guns. But I want you to hear our transportation secretary, uh, who is also running uh, for senator in Texas, Beto O'Rourke. He was at a town hall the other day talking to voters. This is what uh, he had to say, if I could find my list to get the number. By the way, as you're finding the list, uh, Beto O'Rourke is one of those guys who is so crazy, I'd be in favor of saying he can't buy a gun. <laughs> I mean, he's he's that nutso. He seems to be. Listen to what he said at a uh, town hall meeting, Cut 8. I just took the position that, that may not be politically popular, maybe too honest, that not only should no one be able to purchase an AR-15 or an AK-47 because they're designed to kill humans and that high-impact, high-velocity round will just tear up everything inside. You'll bleed out before we can get you back to life. Um, but I don't think that the people who have them right now in civilian use should be able to keep them. Uh, yeah, watch watch that go. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine uh, him being in any authority? Uh, and he's thank God he's not in an authority anywhere right now. Uh, going, He's going to advocate going door to door. We want to see if you have one of these kinds of weapons in your house and we want them right now. He, does he want to be governor of Texas? Is that is that one of his a, aims? Think, well, he ran for governor last time. I think it's Senate that he's running for this time. Let me just double check. Is he that. is he going to yeah ch- uh, challenge Ted Cruz again? Yeah. Well, listen, my okay. I, I I have a limited experience with weapons. I don't own an AR-15. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I own a handgun and a shotgun. Okay. My understanding though is that the the AR-15 as the kind of uh, bad boy mm-hmm. of the uh of the uh, the gun control lobby and that segment of our society is technically no different than any other high powered rifle that's correct i mean you, you know you like an m1 uh garand the old world war 2 uh weapon um uh people own those um you you know you have other hunting rifles the ar15 just looks different Mm-hmm. And that's why everyone points to it as being. I'm sure we get people he's running who are, for governor. Who, by the way, he's, he's running for bad, governor. Yeah. I'm sure we've got people who are. And fra- in fact, uh, Brent Creeley, you you, uh, you you have a, a lot of. Uh, I don't, I, this is. Do you know a, a lot about the AR-15? Or? The, the AR-15, you can get them in 223, 308, which is the same caliber you can get a hunting rifle in. Yes. So he's banning, wanting to ban ARs just because the way they look. Just because the way they look. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's popular to say that to a certain segment of the population, but it's not going to happen. I mean, what Trudeau announced there uh, two days ago in Canada, uh, banning the sales of even any handgun in Canada, and then the high-powered weapons. You know, Trudeau said the only reason people should have a gun is for sports and for hunting. Uh, the idea of using it to defend yourself uh, is apparently uh, illegal in Canada right now. This, this country is different from Canada. It ain't going to happen. And for any Beta O'Rourke or anybody else to, to suggest that we would go door to door and start confiscating weapons, 
in Texas to begin with? Yeah. That's, it's just not going to happen. I wouldn't want who's, to be the guy knocking on no. the door. Who's advising <laughs> Beta O'Rourke? That's what I want to know. And maybe it's the Easter Bunny. Maybe he's <laughs> taking a break from the White House. Anyway, I, 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 listen, I, th- th- this is uh, part of the – and, again, I'm not an expert on these things, so um, uh, there are people who are, and I, I listen to them. And this kind of um, – uh, sleight of hand that the gun control lobby uses. I've uh, fired M1 Garand uh, on a number of occasions. That was my dad's uh, rifle when he was in uh, the he was in the Marine Corps years ago. We're talking Korea, but the U.S. military helped win World War II with the M1 Garand. They're lethal weapons. Mm-hmm. Okay, hunting rifles. At, at, to Beto O'Rourke's comments. Hunting rifles will tear you up inside, too. I'm not you sure believe- what the point of hunting rifle is if it isn't lethal, at least yes, to a deer or well, something. Well, that's what I said yesterday uh, when they were ta- when uh, when Biden was talking about a 22 as opposed to a 9-millimeter. A 22 can kill someone just like a 9-millimeter, but he was saying uh, – he was implying that a 22 is not lethal. It just – it just penetrates your lung, and but a nine you millimeter pr- will blow your lung out of your body. And I and my my thought was, what, if that was true, which is not, I mean, twenty twos can be lethal as well. I thought, why would I want to own a non lethal handgun right. if it's if for I'm self, stopping someone? If I, it's for self defense, I don't want. The, yeah, I want them stopped. Yeah. All right, All right. Uh, we're almost out of time. <laughs> California, man, I got to tell you. Um, <laughs> so there's a problem with bees. In California, they're they're there's they're endangered. They're actually an endangered right. species. Honeybees, honeybees yeah. in California. Well, California has found a new way to uh, help protect them. This isn't so much political as it is a commentary on our times. The appeals court. This is the uh, California appeals court has just ruled that for the purposes of the Endangered Species Act, bees are now fish. What? what? Bees are now fish. A California appeals court, this is a tweet from Ajit Pai, who was the FCC uh, commissioner a while back. A California appeals court has ruled that bees are, quote, fish for purposes of the state's Endangered Species Act, while commonly understood that a fish lives in aquatic environments, terrestrial invertebrates, he's quoting from the decision, including bumblebees, qualify legally. Uh, They didn't, I guess they couldn't find a separate category for bees to put them on the endangered list. I mean, there there That's does bizarre. probably have to something to do with bees, but now bees are identifying as fish. I, I'm, I gotta say, I am shocked that this came out of California. They, I know. they have so common sense <laughs> rules of the day in that state. All right, so let me see if I understand. So the threat to bees is it these little mites and stuff that kind of infest the uh, the hives, or is it uh, competition with? You know, killer bees or what? What's 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 the particular danger? Do you know I'm in not, California? I'm not or? that aware. Although I know that they will say it's global warming, <laughs> it's oh, climate oh, change. But oh, wow. but I yeah, but no, they they are being driven out. There is some encroachment of some predators, uh, maybe some like you say mites and stuff. Um, but uh, they're having a problem finding enough bees to keep keep around. So rather than pass a law that uh, creates a category. By which you can add honeybees to the Endangered Species Act, they just shoehorn them in to they, existing regulations. They can be identified as fish. Now, well, I'm not, I'm not a biologist, ridiculous. so I, I might, you know, not know. Actually, the bees have been renting U-hauls 
like a lot of other California uh, moving to Texas. That's They're moving it. to Texas. <laughs> no bee shortage and in Florida. Oh, <laughs> uh, if I was a bee, that's what I would do. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a children's book. Okay, honey, let's go to Florida. <laughs> oh, nicely played. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for this edition of today's issues. You've been listening to the American Family Radio Network. There's more great programming directly ahead. We encourage you to get the AFR app so you can listen to American Family Radio wherever you are if you have a strong enough signal. And if you go to AFR.net, you can listen to podcasts of all our programming. Catch your favorite shows even if you missed it live. More great programming directly ahead. Lord willing, we will see you tomorrow.